The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey guys, welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Evan. Hello. All right, Dev, what do you got for us today? I don't have a traditional quote, but I have... uh, It was a video I watched, which I liked, but it's like too long to just directly quote. So I want you to picture an old man holding an hourglass. He's got a pencil. And he's talking about the hourglass, and he's pointing to the middle of the hourglass where the sand goes through. Um, It's kind of, I wouldn't say hokey, right? We all think of time as the hourglass. Mm -hmm. But he says, if you're concentrating on everything that's gone and already fallen down into the bottom, Mm -hmm. there's no use. Because the only thing we have control over is that tiny little middle bit. Ah, okay. All right. And and that's kind of, right, That's we've all kind of heard that, but I liked the imagery of him pointing to it because he's saying, see this really fast-moving thin stream right that's all you have control over and and right. let's say you you decide something or you make uh s- some issue or some bad decision but the second it's over it falls away right so you yeah. focusing on the stuff that is left past you that time has already passed it's already in the past there's no point in it and then everything above you that's also coming down through but that can end and I think my imagery is someone with a hammer can just smash it and it can be done right. at any time. So you think right. you have everything up there waiting. The only thing you have control of is that tiny little bit in the middle. So what are you doing with right those now. few grains right. flying past? Right. I think it was like it's some inspirational thing on Instagram, but I kind of like it was like an old dude and it's probably yeah. like a video from like the 60s. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And he just kept pointing to that middle bit. And for some reason, the last couple of weeks, that stuck in my head and pointing yeah. to that little <laughs> tiny bit. Right. Right. Yeah. And I also like the idea of that imagery of this little point in time that we have control of mm-hmm. um, this, the small things that we're doing right this second. Um, and that's the only thing that matters in your life at that time. Now you have this like, you have the whole bottom half of the hourglass, which is everything that's already happened, right? And you have you have um, responsibility over that stuff because it has come past you, but there's nothing you can do about it. Um, right. And then you have all this, like, potential, which is what's up above you of what can happen. But you can only really control what you're doing at that moment and what's right. the most important thing at that moment. Exactly. Like, what 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 is above you is not guaranteed... What's below you is already passed. So you can either stack on top of it good decisions 
or continue to let the sand fall down into a uh, <laughs> a pit of crappy sandy ideas. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> now maybe a whole pit of crappy sandy ideas with one really good idea is not a bad thing, but <laughs> even that being said, you know, like right, yeah. You you hope that your legacy, which is at the bottom half of that uh <laughs> that hourglass is something <laughs> right. that you're proud of, right? Things that you've done. Now obviously that's not, you know, ideas that you never saw through, right? That's not something that's down there. It's what actually came past you, what you actually did. Right. Right. So I think, yeah, exactly. When when your hourglass gets smashed or turned on its side and stopped, you know, what are you going to have on the bottom half that's, like, important? But, again, it's only, like, what you're, what's passing by you at the right. time. What, I think, you know, the life around you that, can, that you can control. I think the video, he must have been talking to people who went to one of those seminars that had issues already. You know, he's like, down there's bankruptcy, down there's this, down there's right. that. Like, yes, there were bad choices, but they're past you now. And the only right. thing you can focus on is that tiny little bit. Obviously, your future, you can hope for what's above you coming down, but you got to make best because the present is the present, but it quickly becomes the past. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I mean, also just kind of makes me think about, you know, the uh, taking advantage of what you have in this moment. You yeah. know, a lot of people think about what their future is going to be like and all that sand that's above them, you know, what you mm-hmm. can do to get there. And obviously that's important to try to think about, but you only can really, you know, live in the moment and appreciate what you have in the moment to the best of your ability. It also mm-hmm. reminds me, I heard a, a story recently of a 13-year-old um, who committed suicide. And mm-hmm. the person was just like kind of reflecting on it and saying how, you know, people who are able to ask for help and, and put people into positions where they can get help. Um, you know, you should be able to take advantage of that if you can and just ask for help because if you don't ask, like you never know what's going to happen. But then it also, he said like, everyone go hug the people you love, you know, tell them that you love yeah. them. Like hug them, There's... hug them like long, like an awkward hug where you like really make sure they know, you know, that you love them because you never know when that, that is really going to make an effect on somebody, you know, to know that someone loves them. So, yeah, it's a it's a weird thing, and there's um, I won't go into it, but there's been some family health issues, and just as you're going through that stuff, we've all been there. Yeah, all of a sudden that came flashing up in my head. Yeah, right. Like that little tiny bit, you're like, oh man, we really got, I got to focus on what's right now. Right, and we got to yeah. make sure, and then then it does seem fast. Then it seems like. <laughs> it's it's flying yeah. <laughs> through and the right. top or the bottom doesn't matter anymore, which really is what you're trying to get done is the stuff you can get done at the time you're doing it. But right. man, I kept picturing that and I was, uh, you know, it's, I, I liked it. It's a good, uh, I yeah. thought others might as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it is very universal. You know, people mm-hmm. like everyone's in a different situation. There's some people who are right in the middle of something really great, you know, and they're like looking ahead and looking in the past and, you know, they can they can learn from this as well, like focus on what you're doing right now. Take advantage of that because, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in the, in the future. Um, right. You know, and then people who are in really such shitty situations where they might need to think about, like, you know, what's what's in the future for them. Right. Because what's in the mm. past, what things have already happened are already gone. There's nothing you can do about them. Right. You don't, you don't have to worry about that. You just worry about what you're doing right now and then possibly what's to come. Oh. Right. So, you, yeah, you can use it on either side. You can use yeah. it as as I have to make the best of what I'm doing now. Or if it's terrible right now, this too shall pass. This is flying right. by. 
yeah. it it doesn't mean it'll lessen the hurt, you know, depending on what it is or, or the pain of what it is left below you, but right. you can constantly work on changing it. So, yeah. Yeah. I've had, um, I mean, two, two times in my life where that has really like been an important, like kind of idea that I've thought about. One is when our brother Derek was in Iraq. Um, mm. you know, I th- kind of had that thought, like, I guess people would ask people occasionally would be like, are you worried? Are you scared? You know, that your brother's going to die. And they're like, well, of course, you know, of course I'm scared and worried, but my kind of thought process was that, you know, all of us can die at any moment, you know, like we could get hit by a car, we could get in an accident, we could have a heart attack, we could, you know, who knows, there's all sorts of different ways to right. die. Now, obviously, if you're in, at war, you're put in a situation where there are more variables that could, right. you know, end you. But it, I just felt like as a as a believer, you know, like we all have our time to go and it's going to happen whether or not there's nothing you can do about it. it, it like, obviously, you can try to mitigate those situations but <laughs> but you know i just i kind of had that thought like i can worry about it but i could also think well if it's his, his time to go it's his time to go you know he's he's doing something that we're right. proud of him and, for and if it's his time and if it's not then he'll be here if it's my time to go i might die tomorrow you know like right you, you do what, what you can to mitigate the um the issues that you can you know you wear a helmet right things like yeah, that exactly right but you're not going to get overly worried about what can right. happen it, worrying it just doesn't always help right yeah exactly worrying isn't going to help in that situation and that was the same thing so when and the other time is when my wife got breast cancer um Mm -hmm. and you know it was like obviously i can worry about it like the hardest part was not knowing it was like not knowing what the possibilities were not knowing what the treatments were once we started to know more things and it was like okay now we have you know a little bit more control at least in our minds over what's happening you know we really don't have any control but you know you had to just kind of sit back and be like, well, we're just, we're just going to go through the steps and do what we need to do. And hopefully everything's okay. But you know, like there in those situations, there's like the kind of, I guess the fact that I could give up control, let me worry less. Like there's nothing that I can do in this moment. That's going to change what's happening. So what I can do is not worry about it and think about, you know, what we can do to work toward what, you know, what other possibilities there are, what are the things to think about, you know? Right. So yeah, you got to only, only do what you can in the moment. Yeah. That's right. Um, so. so speaking of doing things, not in the, well, in the moment, but we just got <laughs> done today. Finally getting back to shooting. Yeah. yeah man. Do we, do we want to go into what we were opening? I guess so. I mean, that'll sure. come out. Yeah. Yeah. You so, um, yeah, um, so Brian House from the uh, Housework um, uh, housework on YouTube and then the Work For It podcast and his company, Housemade Industrial, reached out. Uh, he actually reached out to us back in 2020, um, and, you know, we had started a relationship, kind of became friends, and, and then um, he sent us a Revolution 2x72 grinder, the Gen 1. Um, so Brian reached out to me again recently, and... Uh, asked if I would be interested in the Gen 4 Revolution Grinder. Um, <laughs> so he put together and sent uh, gener- Generation 4 Revolution with this really awesome like custom plaque on the side, number three that he's built with the plaque, uh, yeah. and uh, with like with a VFD and um, you know speed control and uh, 
the motor and everything. So he basically, the, all the bells and whistles and what he does, he uh, super generously put that together and sent that to us here. So we just, I got it maybe a week and a half ago. Um, and as soon as we got it, obviously Deb and I are both like, okay, well, this has got to be a video. You know, we have to like put it together, put it up, you know, what's the angle going to be? What can we do? How can we highlight Brian as best possible, you know, and like send people his way because he's been super generous, generous to our, us and our channel over the years. Um, so we, uh, so yeah, so we, we got together tonight and started filming that. So we're kind of unboxing it. This like nice big crate, you know, <laughs> came in. So unboxing that and. And start and put it all together. It's so cool. It's such a cool, such a cool thing, man. I'm so, super excited. So that's what we've been working on. Yeah, getting and, that going. Uh, and and I, I will. Well, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe I'll hold off on saying the other part of it, just because I know that. Ah, we'll wait. I'll wait for the other part <laughs> until until <laughs> something else. Another secret okay. part. So yeah, I've been working on some stuff and you know stuff in the shop that. uh has other kind of secret stuff, but hold off on that until maybe next week. We'll see if I talk about it then. But um, but yeah, no. So that's been really cool. It's really good to get that ba get back into filming and getting together. It's been a while, you know, since Maker Camp, since we were actually at Maker Camp and filming there. All right, crazy. That video should be coming out shortly. I know we keep saying that each week, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But you know, that's life is life, right? <laughs> Can't control anything except for what's happening right now. So. <laughs> right. So tomorrow so. we're gonna work on. That sliver of time, and Dustin's going to come over. We'll do some voiceover, some different angles for um, for these home yeah. videos from Maker Camp, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and figure out a way, figure out a way to best show them off. But I mean, we got footage of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and some really nice drone shots, and um, we didn't really. I think we discussed this, but we didn't really interview anyone. We just got trying to put out a general feel. Right. Maybe next year we'll decide to do a little bit more of a focused traditional video the way we would do it maybe. Right. Have Dust yeah. have have Dust do more stand-ups and inter maybe not not interviews but talking to people and get people mic'd up but this yeah. one we just wanted to go and have a general feel so we'll have that yeah. very soon and uh just a lot of good looks <laughs> at it and yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited to see it all again. Like I've seen a few different people's videos about Maker Camp. And I'm excited to have that one come out. Um, I was thinking, like, <clears throat> Jimmy DeResta just put up a video, or you know, two week and a half ago, about uh, his his barn, his pole barn, or not, I guess not pole barn, his um, timber frame barn that he just had put up at his place. Mm -hmm. And he and Taylor, his girlfriend, they like just did a they talked together over it. So they just mm -hmm. like recorded themselves talking over it while you were watching it, and. That was kind of cool. So, like, maybe we think about that. Maybe that's one of the things that we possibly consider is just you and I both talking about it since it's, like, you know, both of us there. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because that'd be kind of cool because then we can, like, as we're watching and talk and just talk about fun things or people or whatever, you know, reminisce as we're yeah. watching the, the uh, well, while the, um, the video is playing, you know, the visuals. Yeah. But. Yeah. But that'll be cool too. I'm excited to to do that and come up and hang out and do a little bit of a uh, audio stuff over that. That's like one of those things that we've never really done. We've never done like voiceovers at all. You know, it's always yeah. just because it's always filming on the spot and talking in the, in the moment. You know, occasionally we're like, oh, we'll do something, or or like we'll do a voiceover, but only just like right after it happened. You know, like we'll do something and then I'll talk about it. Yeah. And then well, you'll, I think like, put I mean it over it, you know so. 
Yeah, that's. I think that's the best way. I mean, unless you're by yourself doing. And I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. That's all you can do. If if I were by myself and I wanted to shoot a process, I would probably do the exact same thing. Right. Shoot it yeah. all, put it together in a timeline, and then just do a voiceover about what's going on. Oh yeah, here I was doing this. That's right. a perfectly fine way to do it. But since we can do it another way, we do. Yeah. Yeah, right. we've never done. It. And our yeah, the voiceovers are. You you explaining something with something in the background, but why you were in the shop either. Yeah. The only way we've actually forced it was when you do something and you want to explain it more, or I ask you to explain it more and just say, right. I'll be like, Dust, can you just talk about what you did there and I'll shoot it and, and I'll, I'll lay it under. Right. And you say, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you'll just go over it again. And I mean, so often we do things where I'm talking, but you know, I might be showing something. You're just showing my hands, and you'll you put in all sorts of different shots in over me talking. So it's not like I'm always it. It never feels like a voiceover. It always feels like it could just be part of a conversation that was happening. You know, that is is caught in then with other like you know, right. clips and stuff added. Yeah, you I do think that all the time anyway. There's always clips in among. It's rarely ever me just talking for a while about what I'm doing. You know, like, yeah. No, I think that's, that's a nice. That's I like. Yeah, I like that way of doing it. Yeah, looks good. So yeah, so I've been uh, <clears throat> in this last month doing a kind of a bunch of little things in the shop. Um, uh, I've been doing some axe stuff, working on axes, and you guys have probably seen the the two axes that I made, the double bit and the single bit, and the um, and all the the sheath stuff for it. That I got the that leather. That leather that I got is from uh, the stuff I got from Maker Camp. It's yeah, like I got a, footage. Got footage of you buying it. I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's. Uh, it was like an antique. I think it's antique bison hide, actually. Yeah, I think I. I. I think, I pointed that out to you. Right. I think I was like, "Hey, Dust, look at this." Yeah. And you were like, like cool. "Oh, yeah, that's great." You're like right away, like, "Yep, I'll take some yeah. of that." And it was so cheap too. I mean, mm-hmm. like compared to other, and I've actually visited their website. I can't think of their name off the top of my head, but off the, off the look it up but if i if i think about it i'll put it in like the post for instagram when i'm talking about this podcast but um they uh th- their store is really inexpensive compared mm-hmm. to i mean compared to tandy which is where i get all my leather from you know it's like it's not it's not super expensive but it's not cheap and you know like i think other companies um there are other companies that sell higher quality more expensive leather but this stuff was really good. I mean, I, I'm sure some of it was like they were at an event and selling it to people directly, so their prices were low. But, you know, I mean, I was getting decent pieces of leather that I could make, you know, six or seven uh, axe masks or, you know, five or six or seven sheath, you know, knife sheaths for like 25 bucks. You know, so yeah. like that's yeah, yeah. So it comes out to be just like a couple bucks a piece for each of these shoes, you know. And it's like the cost of materials is so inexpensive. So yeah, you know, they had a couple. The, it was nice. They had really yeah. cool stuff. They had the. Yeah. Uh, they also had the. Um, the football, the pigskin. Yeah, yeah. Like leather awesome. market. Man, I really. We should have. I should have <laughs> just grabbed some. We, yeah, we did. I didn't think about that. Like, because that would have been such a funny, like. You know, just a great angle for a YouTube video. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like making and and then I think I brought it up like, like hey, what if football. it was like yeah. making something from a football? And then I think you were just like, well, why don't we just take a real football? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And cut it up and then make a sheath out of it or something. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd probably be cool. Yeah. You know, that's actually <laughs> but probably be much more expensive if we want like a real leather like Duke right. football. Yeah. It's gonna be like 
80 bucks, 100 bucks. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and, and I'm mean, sure we could got there. We probably could have got it for like 10 or 15 or something. You know, <laughs> right. Whatever it was for. Yeah. That's actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot about that. We should do that. Yeah. I Just know, go buy a, buy a high quality thing. football and then make a, a sheath out of it or, or, or yeah. something. Yeah, make something leather out of it. Make like a, I don't know, yeah, whatever. Something, something out of it. I but also like, saw. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> take I, I saw. Take $80 football and make a $7 <laughs> wallet out of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> go the other way around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I saw, and I think you liked it as well on Instagram. There's this, this company, I don't know who they are, but they're making, it's for your belt. It's like a belt loop thing that snaps on. You undo the leather and then it folds out to be a waxed canvas bag. Oh yeah. Yep. Did you see that? Yeah. I think, um, what's it? Uh, beaver or what's the, there's a couple there's a couple of different people that do similar type of things um if i can think of the guy's name um, yeah i feel like it was the one i saw was probably just a generic like you know someone made a little video of it right like, oh isn't this cool i thought it was really really cool because it does it folds up so you unclip this the leather clip and then the bag kind of unrolls or unfolds then right. you have a bag you can collect things in or whatever and then you fold it back up and snap on your side. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Maybe it was Badger Claw leather. He does he does a bunch of different stuff. He does leather, but he also does like the wax canvas bags and things. And I've seen, I think I've seen him do that type of thing before. I feel like I saw, I forget who it was that I saw someone, someone do that. Maybe it was, uh, I mean, I know that like I've seen Wrangler Star use type similar type of things on his bags, but it was more. It was maybe it was like um, Dave Canterbury or something. Someone you know who's kind of like a bushcrafter. I don't think it was Joe Robinette, but some some one of the videos I've seen. I've seen people do that where they'll be like, you know, check this out. You like have it because that's one of those things that can, is really cool that you can keep on your belt and mm-hmm. stays nice and tucked mm-hmm. away. And then if you're like doing something like foraging, or you know like collecting tinder or something right. just to be able to flip it right. open and fill it up and have a bag that's you know a liter size as opposed to yeah. just like your pocket you know but it fits away really nice yeah that is really cool yeah yeah it'd be cool something like that too i know as soon as i saw it too i was like oh, that'd be cool i could make that really easily <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> make a that's switch make a switch <laughs> ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding. Right. ding 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 oh man i um i i sent i i packaged up those uh those two axes and sent them to their recipient and uh in the in the box i um i put uh a couple of our stickers but the packaging was really interesting like i kind of had all the axes like individually taped with cardboard straps down to hold them in place and then in the middle of it um i did this little like pocket out of cardboard and tape and i put the po- and then i put the stickers in the pocket so it's like you know you open up it's this like nice presentation when you open the box up so very nice yeah it turned out cool yeah but uh yeah so i've been you know working on axes i mean working on axes i can i i uh, was uh reached out to by uh daniel donnelly from the um donnelly brothers um what is this it's donnelly brothers but i can't if that's something donnelly brothers metalworks um on Instagram, uh, Daniel reached out to me to see if I wanted to participate in a Secret Santa axe exchange with a bunch of other like Instagram axe guys. So 
I'll be doing that. So I just did. Uh, I've been. I did a couple of live streams over the weekend. So I think some of these people that are listening will probably popped in, and uh, did some stuff on Instagram, just Instagram live, and uh, just worked through the process of kind of cleaning up, taking that head and cleaning it up. You know, just wire wheeling it, grinding it, and things that I've done before on video. But I just kind of wanted to show people how quick it can be done if you're doing it in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take a ton of work to restore you know, an old axe head. Obviously there's all sorts of different ways people can do it. But what I like to do is just use the wire wheel to get all that surface rust off the surface and then take it to the grinder and clean up any pole, any mushrooming, anything like that. And then obviously after that's grinding and reprofiling and all this stuff. But, um, but I was working on a, uh, true tapper Kelly, perfect Jersey axe. And, uh, it's a beautiful axe, but I'm really excited to be, working on it for the recipient of that the, the secret santa gift axe exchange which uh it was kind of cool uh daniel's girlfriend reached out to everyone who's participating and gave us the people who we will be sending it to um so that way he would be able to be surprised as well so pretty cool but he put together like this list of um kind of rules and stuff you know like the the size it should be the fact that it should be a vintage axe and not like a new axe it should be you know a bunch of different things he put together, but, um, was it one of the, yeah. So, so he had the whole list together and I was asking about a few different things and, you know, and he, he mentioned a couple like patterns that people shouldn't use. And I think it's more just because, um, yeah, they're really common patterns that are still around. So the fact that like, if you're going to get a vintage ax head, you'd like to get one that's like not, not a super common, um, contemporary mm-hmm. ax pattern. So can you do uh modif- modifications or no? Um, I don't, I don't think so. No, it should, cause okay. it's like, it's a vintage axe head exchange basically. So it's like, oh, so right, right, you, okay. yeah, use a vintage axe head, um, a new, you can either use, you know, handle it's, it can either be a vintage handle or a new handle. Either one's fine. Um, they said that he said that you could, we could, you could do leather on it if you want to do like a mask, but it's not. It's it's not required because a lot of people who mm-hmm. like uh, there are some of the axe restorers that don't do leather right so like it's not a requirement like if you want to do it that's fine but it's not a requirement so but uh but yeah it's kind of cool it's 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 interesting to uh, hear other people's perspective on what makes a uh, a reasonable um, exchange vintage axe you know like because in my perspective like everyone has a different perspective on what they like right everyone's perspectives are are their own perspective so like Mm -hmm. i am not a big fan of michigan pattern um axes and that seems like it's kind of a consensus across the board for a lot of axe (laughs) uh people and that's one of those that's one of the patterns that's still around like when you buy you go to a store and you see an axe they're almost always michigan pattern now which is the reason why that was one of the things, one of the ones that was on the list of like, it shouldn't be a Michigan pattern, right? Because that's super, it's contemporary. Like you can, you can go buy one. So, but I guess it was more just like, they're really common. And, but that being said, if someone really loves Michigan patterns, right, they might be really happy to get a Michigan pattern. And if it's like a Michigan, a really cool, like, you know, uh, Collins, legitimous you know michigan pattern from the 60s right that's completely different than a a current you know like china made in china head michigan pattern so yeah and what a, so what a great time to be a uh, michigan pattern collector 
Yeah, There's always right, like exactly. that one thing or that one person who's super into that thing. No one else is like, yeah, I'll buy them all up. I'll take those. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, yes, in like 10 his, years, everyone's going to want my machine. Like for some reason, that's all his grandfather ever had, you know, so he's like in love with it. So he's just like, right. this is great. People throw these things away. And that's the thing, too. It's like it's not necessarily the pattern that's important. It's the it's the context of what the head is from. You know, like I said, so like there are Michigan pattern black ravens, I think. Maybe. I, don't know, I can't remember. But you know what I mean? Like if there was a black raven, it doesn't matter what it is. It's a black raven. You know, it's like. Right. Or, you know, if you get like a plum champion or if you get a Collins legitimist, like there's lots of different head styles, you know, or like I have a. Um, I have a Michigan pattern axe. That's a worth axe. W.O.R.T.H. <clears throat> And that's from Nicole's grandfather, right? So it like doesn't matter that it's Michigan. It's it's more of the history of it. Like it's from someone that I know used it and has had it for a long time. So then obviously that Michigan pattern is important to me. But if I if I'm at a flea market and there's a table full of axe heads and there's you know if there's a Michigan pattern there and it's more than like five bucks, I'm not going to buy it because I have a bunch and it's not really my favorite pattern. Now, if it has a cool stamp on it, then I'll buy it because then it's got something to it. But if it's a no-name, you know, I'm not going to buy that. But if there's, like, a Dayton pattern or a Connecticut or, you know, like a Jersey or a Rockaway, anything like that, if those are no-names, I'll buy them because I like those patterns. Like, they're, they're, they're interesting heads to me. Right. So I mentioned to Sean that I was going to um, use that, the Kelly Perfect jersey to give away. And he was like, you're going to give away that head? He's like, isn't that like your favorite head? I was like, yeah, but that's the point of giving away something that's really cool. Right? <laughs> like, like, I'm hoping that the person who has me is going to give me something that's really cool, right? Like something they would really want to have. So They're going to give you uh, coasters. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best coasters. <laughs> Only the best gift exchange. You're going to get some coasters. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know who you are, coaster people. All right, so <laughs> I uh, we can continue with you, but I need to talk about a, uh, I guess, a betrayal of what we've been discussing within with the maker switch and trying to do stuff. And I'm I'm, if people know it or don't know it, I'm not as handy as Dustin is. Dust, I'm still the guy who makes the videos. I'm not necessarily the guy who makes all the things. Like I could probably do most of the things now because I've watched Dustin do it a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like like blacksmithing, I was decent oh, yeah. at certain parts of it just because I feel like I watched Dustin do it so many times. Right. I'm still yeah. a little awkward in some of the spots were not as good as they could have been, and there's a lot of work, but I've just seen it so many times. So right. But anyway. We've been I've been looking and looking for a really big desk. So we have this room in the house, which used it's uh, our grandmother's old side, right where she had the couch and the TV, on, you know, right. in the front. Yep. And we've been trying to make it into an office, and I've been looking for a really big desk, either a really long one or a corner desk, where I right. could have all my stuff, editing station, and then we could also have my wife's stuff and a printer, and the Cricut and a bunch of other stuff. Right. I just could not find it. I mean, for one, like online, it's so hard to order big furniture like that, right? Yeah. So we went to a million stores and we've been looking for a, a few pieces of furniture, a couch and some t- and desks, but there's just 
I don't know what it is. There is such a lack of quality, simple, clean-looking desks. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know. And that's one of the things, like the Michigan pattern. You, once you like are looking for a certain thing, for some reason, you, you can't. I don't know. It's like we could not find it. How's it so hard? And that is why I eventually ended up back at Ikea. Because if you're looking for simple, clean-looking items, right? that is Ikea. Yep. Everything looks nice and clean. And, and everything looks good at Ikea. Yeah. It's not necessarily quality. It is what it is. It's flat pack, and of a lot of it's hollow. You know, it is what it is. But Yeah, right, or press board. Or, yeah, right. You walk through is, Ikea, yeah. and their little home, like the little um, displays, yeah. look great. Like, their kitchens and yeah. living rooms look awesome. Because that, it's, like, European, that Swedish aesthetic, is that, like, right. clean, you know, mm-hmm. not a ton of ornamentation, but, like, really clean, really nice angles, nice lines, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's so much fun. Right. It's <laughs> it's cool to go in and, and, and then everything's so anyway, so I was like I just need a really long desk and I basically figured I could you know, a lot of these things are you can get these pieces and put these pieces on top and yep. so yeah. that's yeah. that's what we end yeah, yeah, that's what we ended up doing was getting a bunch of cabinet things. One of them I didn't even put the drawers in, I took everything out, even right. the um metal brackets for where the drawers go. Right, yeah. And I put the computer in that one. And then another one is on and so basically we made two desks into one kind of. Okay. And uh so it's just one giant desk but with a lot of storage under it. And they actually just started this new top which is bamboo instead of their normal just like rectangular stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think it's real. It feels real and it feels like I stood on top of the desk and it was solid. So there you go (laughs) you know i finally gave in and i was just like looking online looking everywhere i could and then finally i gave up just went to ikea and built like my own and went there and picked it up at the warehouse because another great thing is they have the warehouse there you don't have to wait six months for a desk i was like fine i'm doing it and you know four days later and a lot of cursing i had them built (laughs) and uh well yeah i mean but that so that also, I mean, like you said, it's not quite a betrayal because, you know, obviously you went to Ikea and bought something that would work, but then you like modified it and customized it to make it work for you. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And, and I did have to, um, I, 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 I just drilled some one inch holes out the back to let the, the computer breathe. I was going to cut right. a whole section, but I didn't have the right tools yet. So I just <laughs> hey, like, yeah, <laughs> drilled a bunch of holes in the back and kind of made it work and. But it's nice now. We got the whole thing spread out here. It's about yeah. probably ten feet long. Nice, and a right nice on. big long desk. Yeah, Heck yeah, nice. And yeah. Uh, would you would you pay for it if you don't mind me asking? Um, I think it was around four hundred. Okay, maybe five hundred. Right. But that's basically for two desks. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, right. You got two. They're each desks on their own, and and they. They would have actually gone to better, gone together a little better if I would have got the old the normal rectangle ones because everything slides real tight together. Right. But this the bamboo one was a lot more expensive, but it felt it felt it felt a lot like it's it's just better quality. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Like the normal top, the normal like five foot tabletop yeah. is like twenty five dollars. Right. If you buy the exactly. bamboo, if you buy the if you buy the bamboo version, I think it's seventy five. 
So there's definitely quality to it. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like you could have, you could have went to like, uh, you could have went to Home Depot and bought a four by eight foot sheet of plywood, and <laughs> like, and then you know get some like veneer and you could have put a veneer on it and you would have to put like a front and sides on it. You know, like trim it out and then either buy some legs or make some legs. Like there's, you know, by making something like that in a way that's reasonable and affordable, you're still looking at spending a couple hundred dollars to do it. And, and and for me personally, that's beyond my talent. I mean, yes, I could do the basics, but to make it look good are beyond, beyond what I can do. And especially once it comes to, um, you know, cabinets and drawers and stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, now, now we have uh, five, 10, 15 drawers. Right. (laughs) Under this thing. And there's no, I I just, I, I can't do that. Yeah, and drawer hardware like slides and pools and all that stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. so, I mean, that all adds up. Like you probably couldn't have. I mean, you you could have built it for cheaper, but it wouldn't look as nice, you know. And it, you know, it, if you're gonna if it's gonna look equal or nicer, it would cost more to make it. Yeah, and so. it's um. Also, we're uh, we're near. People don't know we we live in Maryland, but just north of us is uh, Lancaster, PA, and a lot of right. um, uh, Amish that type of thing. And they yeah. they have all these stores where you can go and like get food and stuff, but you can also get furniture that's supposed to be made by them. So we went there to look, and you know, for one, it's going to be a lot of money, right? Because it's yep. supposed to be it's handmade stuff, yeah. it's supposed to be quality, but. I've seen some stuff, and some stuff looks kind of handmade and looks really good, but some also just looks like, like they also have factory style stuff. Yeah. Yep. That has no personality. That just looks like uh, any other thing that could be an office building. Right. You know, like why? Why would I pay five grand for this desk when it just looks like any other factory made? If it looks like maybe you gotta see a little bit of the hand of the maker. To, right. To, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like no, it, I agree. You know, some of that some of that stuff they made it's just yeah, you know, whatever factory ran by who knows what Am- yeah. Amish guy. But I want to see, you know, it's the romantic thing of seeing thinking that some guys in a barn making it from start to finish that you're you're probably paying for. <laughs> right. But that probably doesn't happen or at least yeah. at that level. That's that's that like the whole debate of how clean do you make something? You know, like mm-hmm. how perfect do you make it uh before it then loses its personality, right? It right. loses its handmade quality. So, like, now, if you if you make something perfect, but you can see all the, like, dovetails and the joinery, and you can see, right. like, then you can see the work that went into it. But if you make something super clean and you can't see any of the work, yeah, and, even and, if you made it, like, where's the evidence of the hand? You know, right, and so there. much of the stuff at the place we were at were like, was, like, heavily painted. Right. Where you could not see any of that, it would just looked, it looked like something you see in an office building, and it just wasn't. Right. I was like, "Ah, we're not gonna, not gonna spend money on this." Yeah. No. Yeah. You should have yeah, like. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess your other option, if you wanted like a big tabletop too, would be to do something like a live edge. You know, like get a big slab of wood. Right, and, and we we thought about that too. Yeah. But then it's also again, it's it's a desk, right? So it's not like a dining room table that's a centerpiece. It's like I mean, you, now, yeah, yeah. You're at it. You're gonna be working. You like, you know, you might not appreciate it the same way that you would if like something that's more of a centerpiece, like in your living room. Right. I'll say, 
I'll say if if we ever decide to do the timber frame like office, right? Yeah. Then I would want a nice centerpiece, big, custom yeah. made desk in the yeah. middle. You know what right. I mean? Something like that. You could almost it not have to be live edge, but where you can see it, where it looks nice, and where it may you know it could be um, bent steel legs or something like right. that. Something really cool that that you'd be proud of, but. When this, when the, our desk is in our little office here, it's, it's, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Well, when you're ready to make that desk, you let me know. We'll make it together. All right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, my, the biggest piece of furniture I've made is our dining room table. And I made, you know, that's just, just, uh, old barn wood, you know, cleaned up, but a lot of the mill, milling marks and stuff still on it. The big, like, uh, cross cut or circular saw, a big circular, you know. Um, mill saws and stuff lines still th- some things on it but like all just and you know cleaned up and put together with uh i guess i used dowels to hold everything together and then breadboard ends and then just a, a basic um apron around the top with four legs that are tapering so not like super complex but you know it is um when i think about that size of something it does take time and effort like that took me a decent amount of time and uh you know and a good amount of effort to to make something like that. So yeah, that goes into like, yeah, maybe I save some money by making it, but you know, like what's my time worth too? You got to think about that. So obviously, you you know, as a maker, some of that doesn't matter, right? My time is the enjoyment of making, right? So it's not, I don't think of my time as a cost when I'm making stuff for myself. Right. It goes into making things for other people. Then you got to think about time as cost. Time is money. money. Yeah. I like that. Um, have you seen, the uh, recently I've seen on Instagram these little reels where people are making stuff and then it has this like cute kind of like um, bouncy song that goes it costs that much because it was gonna say it costs that much because it takes me fucking hours and it's like <laughs> it costs that much so because like, I don't have superpowers and it like goes on with this kind of like bouncy song but it's like it's all these people like doing something that you know it's like this is the reason why it costs so much because it takes me forever to make it. You know? Like, right. <laughs> so if you want something handmade, you're going to have to pay for it because it takes. Right. That's time. the thing. And, and uh, you know, I, I would, I would rather reach out to some of the people we've met and I'm, I know that then you're okay. Then you feel okay with spending that much. Right. Yeah. And you know where it's coming from and there's that personal connection, but uh, you know, it's, it's hard to find that balance. Yeah. Well, you know, there'll be more things to make in your life. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, how's your uh, How's your shop coming along at all? Have you done anything inside the shop space? You have, like move your stuff out there from your back porch? <laughs> your no. Stuff? no, no, no. <laughs> it's still in the back porch. Um, all the stuff. I know. Okay. I got. There's a million things to do. I actually, I I told you the other week where I just. I got excited about the other shop, the enclosed one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and made a little theater. Yeah. So I jumped on that. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> the temperature controlled shed. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> so that's that's got the whole wall. One wall's a screen. We got nice. the couch out there. I got a rug. I bought a new sound bar for it. That thing, man, it's great. That's awesome. <laughs> I like how Go you have your, like your your theater, your projection theaters now is like inside, like a whole. It's just a whole. <laughs> room building just for that (laughs) (laughs) so that's set up everything else is waiting to be but yeah i gotta move all that stuff and yeah 
so much to do. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, now that um good. Uh well, I, I guess this will be an early recommendation, but I got another one for you. Um I don't know if we talked about it, but uh Peter Jackson is doing the documentary series Get Back about the Beatles making um is it Let It Be or Abbey Road? Abbey Road? No, Let It Be. Sorry. Okay. So there was an original film made, which you can't really find, or you got to get DVDs of it, of them making the album. And the original idea was they'd have cameras everywhere. I think it was like a McCartney idea. And you could see us like the Beatles making music. Yeah, but the the little movie that came out was okay, but it was just there was so much more footage. Apparently, there's fifty like four some fifty four hours of footage of the Beatles right making these songs, and so um, I think Apple, the recording company that the Beatles made, they right. contacted Peter Jackson, the director of the Lord of the Rings and other things. Um, about like they were talking about VR or something they wanted to talk to him and then he just kind of brought it up like hey do you guys ever plan to do anything with all that footage cuz <laughs> Peter Jackson's a huge huge like a super mega Beatles fan nice and they're like i don't know you can come look at it <laughs> so i think he spent the next many months yeah. going through <laughs> all this footage yeah and then he started using kind of the um the, these cleaning techniques of cleaning out cleaning up the audio and the film to a degree well so we'll we'll see how it turns out but there's so much modern technology now where you can take audio and filter out certain things so if there was crappy audio you couldn't use before of them all talking over each other he can isolate he can isolate people now right yeah as if you have a multi-channel track of all these recordings so even if they're just chatting but like george and paul are talking about something if he just wants to pull one out he can so not only does he have 50 some hours of footage he has ways to manipulate it. So originally they were going to do a they were going to do one big film called Get Back, you know, the song from yep. one of, one of the songs from the album. And uh then it kind of, you know, pandemic hit. So now they're doing a three-part series. So the first two nice. and they they no they're each 2 hours. So the first two oh, wow. are the whole building them all doing it. and the third one I think is supposed to be the concert on top of the roof of Abbey Road in its entirety. Nice. <laughs> you know, the one where you see them all up, yep. up top, you know, and, and uh-huh. it, like, the, yeah. So uh, that's happening. And what I've, I think I'll do, um, sorry, I can't invite everyone on the podcast, but I can invite <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, I think what I'm going to do is have everyone over to watch the last one. Oh, if, cool. if you guys want, yeah. or maybe I'll run them all on one day. I don't know if you can't get your hands on watching the others but at least we'll have the last one in the shed theater crank it up just have a good time and watch watch the last one so i'm excited about that that's awesome when are they coming out Uh, i think it's right after thanksgiving so it's like the three days i don't know if it starts on thanksgiving night but it's like three days in a row oh so they're all coming out right in a row all right Mm -hmm. nice because i was thinking as you're talking about it, it was gonna be like you know one soon and then one like you know if they're ready like maybe no. one in one in the in, one in the winter and one in the spring because then like by next spring and summer you can move that uh move your projection outside <laughs> yeah i know i know and that was actually the original thought i had talked to some 
some friends of mine about that too. Like, hey, I would love to do an outside movie night because that's what it originally that's what it's built for. Right. Our yeah. projector that we did the, the thing for, and um, but then they kept pushing it back and pushing it back, and then they made a three part series. So now it's going to be inside <laughs> where it's warm. <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> but um, so yeah. Oh wait. Okay, it's Disney Plus, November twenty oh, fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. Awesome. Have you seen uh, any previews of the new uh, Matrix? No, I didn't. I saw that it was there. I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't, didn't bother to. I kind of. I kind of watched one partially, but but you've you've like tainted me for uh, for previews now. That when I like start looking at a preview, I'm like, wait, I can't watch. If I no. want to see this, you know, if it's something I'm interested in, like I love the Matrix movies. They're just like <laughs> right. what a fun, what a fun concept to think about, you know. So like to to have another one coming out, I'm, I'm excited for it. So I like, yeah. started watching. Don't watch. It and I was like, oh, don't don't watch, watch trailers, watch. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's always that thing. I mean, not only with big action movies and big movies you're into, they overshow, they overshare because a lot of times the directors and the filmmakers don't have any. Um, control over what's shown right yeah so they you i mean you watch modern trailers it's ridiculous how much they give away so many plot points you're like well what's the point even going i'm gonna sit here oh yeah here she comes she's gonna bust in soon so i'm not i'm not invested okay here she comes yeah 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 it's like when the it's like the old days when they would do comedies and they play all the best jokes and you get kind (laughs) of this laughter in the theater that people oh yeah, yeah i know that one but it was it it didn't hit as much as if you would have heard it for the first time so, so see it, get a sense of it, and if you already know, like you like the filmmaker, or you like this, just, just stop. right, yeah, yeah. turn if it off. Say, gonna look, I'm going to see it anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, Nicole and I went and saw Dune in the theaters, which is really yeah. cool. It's fun to see that in the theater. We like we went in and we, you know, now when you when you're buying tickets during pandemic, you like now that the theaters are back back open, they. Um, you do it. You like actually buy your ticket, and then you bu- you have a certain seat, you know, seating areas. And I'm I'm assuming they do that that way the theaters don't get too full, right? They can leave space well, that's, in between. That's how it's been for that's how it's been for a while. I think it does. What do you mean, like pre pre pandemic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Like the big like the like the big theaters like well, in yeah. Towson and White Marsh. Yeah, the seats. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, this is the first time that it's been that way for us. So we were like, okay, we got our seats. We chose what we wanted, which was like halfway back through the theater and right in the middle. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we get there, and we're there probably like 20 minutes early or so, maybe a little bit more. We grab our popcorn because I always get popcorn and soda when I go to the movies. And mm-hmm. uh, we go and sit down, and we're the first two there. We're like, okay, cool. You know, these are our seats. Whatever. We'll sit down. We're good to go. Um, and then uh, – so we're like we're there for a little bit and then this like maybe like five minutes later another an older couple comes in and they like come in and they walk up you know almost all the way to the back of the theater and they go sit down I'm like okay the movie's gonna start in like 10 minutes and it's just like the four of us there and then this other there's like three guys come in who are a little bit older and they like kind of walk in and they start walking up behind us and i'm like I'm like it's a little tight in here hopefully you guys can find seating <laughs> and they're like yeah we know <laughs> so they go in and they sit down and they're all like chatting and that's it that was like the entire theater it was just us us uh seven <laughs> it's like i thought i i thought you were gonna say there was a rush of people like all at the last second like <laughs> now i'll say i'll i have yeah, my i i do not like that type that's been going on for a while in the big ones that i've gone to 
where they make you choose your seats at a time. And it's such a pain because the way I felt it, for one, you don't always know the theater. Right. And even if you go to a certain movieplex, megaplex, you don't know which theater they're going to put you in. So when you choose your seats on that stupid screen, right. you don't know where they are. So you take a guess. I mean, you can take a good, good guess, like, yeah, in the middle, and it's fine. Right, yeah. But I've gotten there where you think you're, like, maybe too close or too far when it's, it's totally the opposite. Right. Like, oh, wow, <laughs> the screen's way farther away than I thought it would be. Right, yeah. Like, in the picture, it was right up on you. And the good thing in the old days when you could just go in, it's whoever wanted it more would get the best seats. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I have to come in. And, I am yeah. super excited. I'm super excited about a movie, but I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't pre-buy them like two right. days ago. Yeah. So I have to come in and get crappy seats and sit there while no one's there until the last 10 minutes. Everyone comes rushing in. Right. Exactly. Like they didn't care. Yeah. They don't care yeah. about the seats. I was here. It should be. If you want to come and get a good seat, you just come early like it's always been. Get in line or go a half an hour early and you can get a good spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think for like social distancing, you know, reasons, like it makes sense to mm-hmm. do seating now. Because like I said, I think that obviously makes sense. Like they want to make sure they have just space in between each you know group or whatever, whatever it is. But um, but no, I but agree yeah. completely. It's like they were. Yeah. If nothing else, I mean, definitely, like you said, going into a theater and being, like, assessing the situation in the theater and then choosing your yeah. seats, you know, is is a big thing, right? Because sometimes, yeah, some sometimes you got like the big section in the middle where there's an aisle, and then you have to like, you know, that might be like ten feet further back than you think, right? Rather than like, right. being in the last last lit aisle of the first section, right? You know, so that way you know you're in the middle of the theater and you're in the middle forward to back you feel like you got the best seat where the the screen is taking up your entire view when you're sitting right that's right thing, so. but dune was really cool it was cool to see it in theaters like just that like that landscape and you mm. know the the breadth of what they were showing was really cool so it was fun to watch that in a theater man it was really cool and, and um i had heard from a few different people that it was like two parts you know part one part two so I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't have that right. like that disappointment when it got close to the end and it wasn't done. Like I heard a lot of other people say, they're like, "Wait, what? You can't wrap this up <laughs> in the next ten minutes? What's going on? Wait, this is probably part one." You know. So, but I actually think it worked really well for that. Like I don't mind parts um, so much, but I definitely think I I don't. I've never read and I haven't watched the first Dune, but from what I know, it's a pretty like in depth. Um, look into this like these different you know worlds and families and their and their like the intrigue and yeah. the, the yeah, drama yeah. between them right there's a lot of that political build in the books that was really important to like the pace of the books that I think they did a good job of showing that and building that up in the movie and I think if they tried to do the whole movie in like a two hour movie it wouldn't have had you wouldn't have that same investment in the different families. Right, you wouldn't have yeah, no. known about them. So I think that I think for that part of it, it was it was good that they spent as much time as they did really building that up and getting you invested in these different families. Yeah, I I really feel now the amount of money they're putting into to shows and runs like that, uh, I wouldn't. If it were up to me, I wouldn't want any beloved books or series to be made into movies anymore. Right. 
I don't want to see anything made into a two and a half, three hour movie that, that, that is over a hundred pages. Right. Yeah. Cause there's so much material there and it's so much easier to make a big budget TV show. Right. And to make yeah. it look quality. Right. I mean, it's not yeah. easier, but people are dumping money into it. I mean, they're making a Lord of the Rings show. They're make. I mean, there's game of Thrones that looked just as good as yeah. in a movie, like towards yeah. the end. Like, so why not? Like, if they were ever to like, I mean, they could remake. You could do something like Harry Potter, right? And you could yeah. do a you could do a season each year. Yeah, you could do ten episodes on any of those books, and it would be awesome. Yep. Or or Narnia or something. You know, any any yeah, of these yeah. fantasy books, any of these series books, you could make a whole series. And why not? Because you'll get your money back. It'll be a huge show. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, yeah, the um, you know, Game of Thrones is is a good example of that because that was kind of the Maybe not the first one, but that was one of the first ones that really did that. That made mm-hmm. it, each season mm-hmm. was an entire book, right? So that's like ten episodes. Ten episodes, ten hours of stuff. Yeah. Right, exactly. And even that, you know, you're still losing stuff, but at least that makes a lot more sense, right? You can really dive into investing in these people. Anytime you have a series of books or like a really good book, you know, like the reason yeah. why it's so good is because you have you can spend that amount of time investing in the characters and then you love the characters. So right. And the reason it's so the reason it rarely works is because all that time is gone. All the investment that you put days and days reading a book or a month or whatever is not there in a movie right. unless you know the background of the characters. Right. But if you do it in a TV show and you spend time with it and it comes out over separate weeks and you really get to sit in and live in with the characters and uh, right. yeah that's that's where everything should go why not yeah yeah no, i agree like you said there's no reason why they shouldn't do that now you know there's, right you know because these other shows have shown that they're going to just make a ton of money <laughs> like you're going to make your money yeah. back you're going to make so you know, much money i guess uh yeah, to, like when you're writing a screenplay based off a book. You have to be, there's like a certain talent there to be able to put in the right stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah I right. I mean, every, uh, yeah, right. It, it all, there's ways you can definitely mess up all those things, but at least right. you can, uh, give a good shot at it. If it's a, a lot of content there, it's there ready to be made. So you say they're doing a Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. Or, yep. Early, really? like way it's supposed to take place, like whatever, a thousand years before, Oh, okay. uh, the series of events in Lord of the Rings or a certain amount of time. So, oh, cool. so basically they, they have free reign to pick and choose whatever little background stories they want. Yeah. Right. And yeah. just set it in, in the middle in earth. Middle earth. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. There, and that's the thing. There's tons of stories like in the Silmarillion and everything. There's tons of stories right, right. of all these different, all the history of all the different races of men and elves and orcs and bad people and stuff. And, yeah, it's cool. And yeah. there's like that's cool too. There's a lot of that backstory in that in the Lord of the Rings that if you if you don't know it, it's fine. But if you do know it, like you said, it it makes it gives you so much more uh, perspective on the stories and why these people are doing what they're doing or who they are, where they've come from. You know, the fact that like Sauron and Gandalf are like similar beings, right? They're both like Maiar or something, right? They're both these god beings from right eternal you know so it's like but if you never know you just know there's like a bad guy and a good guy you know like but 
like how they got to where they are. I'm always kind of interested in that too. Like how did the bad guy get where he is? Why is he why the way he is? You know, right. So. Which is why I think the like Harry Potter with Voldemort, like that's really cool. Like that gives you a cool way to like look through that. Like you you learn why he made he, why he become what he did, or at least like you know you see the story of how he became what he did. Yeah, there was um there was it was on TV. I forget where we were, but anyway, it was on TV, and my wife and I were. It was just in the background. We were watching it, the first one, right. and then that one ended. And then usually these TV runs like TBS or whoever does these like weekends of movies, they'll right. run it, and they just rolled the the same one in again. Same like, start. We're like, what? <laughs> are you just going to roll the first movie back to back? Yeah, there are. You do realize there are like eight movies, right? Like, <laughs> right. come on. We're like, oh, I'm man. Ready for number like, two. Yeah. There's like Privet Drive and like Dumbledore. We're like, what? No. Oh, this is the first one again. Yeah, get it. McGonagall's a cat. I know. <laughs> I want to know the next part of the story again. Here comes Hagrid. I get it. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. one of those one of those American traditions that we all love, the running of the same movie over and over again during holiday seasons. <laughs> that's, like my favorite Christmas movie, The Christmas Story. Oh, so good. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, you know that one's gonna play like a hundred times over the holiday break. <laughs> it's like, all right, I love I always it. catch little snippets of it. <laughs> yeah, Christmas night. I like I like watching. And yeah, what? Are, okay, what are your before we wrap this up? What are your other than actually, I got one more question for you. So, what are your favorite Christmas movies? Other now that you said the Christmas story, that's probably my top one as well. We talk about Christmas movies. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> well, oh whatever. Okay. Or just just quick quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> quick quick quick. <laughs> so, my favorite Christmas movies, other than a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I I like It's a Wonderful Life. Of course, that one's awesome. Like one of the best movies of all time. Yeah. Um, other Christmas movies that I like. Uh, that's like the one that I always watch. I'm trying to think of other ones that are on. I mean, there's like I, I love um, like Elf is really good with Will Ferrell. That one's super good. Um, I love How the Grinch Sold Christmas, like the original cartoon version. Oh yeah, yeah, that like counts. That's super good. Um, that's a good one. Mm. No, we don't have to go too in-depth. We'll, we'll yeah, save that okay. for Christmas episode. <laughs> um, yeah. I, li- I like uh, White Christmas. Mm-hmm. Bing yeah, Crosby and, and all the, you know, that's the yeah. best, like, musical Christmas one. But anyway, uh, what, what was the other? What was I going to say? Oh, real quick. Oh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Three Tom Hanks movies other than uh, Forrest Gump. Three Tom Hanks movies that I that are that are my favorite. That yeah yeah. Uh, let's see. I love A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, out uh, Castaway. Is yeah. Really good. Um, and hmm. Oh, that's another Christmas movie. The uh, what's it called? Um, the uh, Polar Express. He's, uh, it's him and that. You know, as the voice of the yeah, conductor. Yeah, that's good. 
Uh, well, also, Castaway is a little bit of Don't they? He's like leaving at Christmas. So I guess that could Oh, count. yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a crazy one. Um, third Tom Hanks movie. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, Big. Big's good. Yeah. I hear Big a lot. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's my. Be. Yeah, mine's Castaway. Yeah. For sure. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a big one. That's it's so hard to hard yeah. to go against that one. And if we're doing, like, animated, I think I'd pick... Polar Express is nice, but, like, you got to go with, like, Toy Story. Right. For, yeah. like, a, uh, you know, his voice, maybe that would count. Those would probably be mine. Yeah, okay. All right, I like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Because I was listening, I was listening to, uh, what was it, the Bill Sims podcast, and he was, he had Tom Hanks on, and he asked, because he had been asking people that question, and he asked Tom Hanks, and they kind of went, well, you know, it's, uh, I, 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 he based it off of, like, his best memories of the shooting of the movies. Right, yeah. And those were his favorite, because whatever, he likes them all, or he, he invests right. a lot in each one. Right. And Castaway was one of the ones he really liked but it's because he was like in Hawaii with his family and I think he said his thing was every day he would for some reason he said he'd get in a speedo and he'd swim out out to one of the boats and then oh, the boat cool. would take him to like this part of the island they would <laughs> nice. shoot all day and he would come back and he would swim into shore and have dinner with his family and talk you know about what his kids did during the day and they had yeah. adventures and He's just, he said it was just like the best experience. <laughs> That's awesome. Get in the speedo and swim out to the boat. Swim out to the boat and then go shoot all day. And then once it got dark, go home. Swim, swim, back, swim, yeah. swim, swim back home. in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And what just a cool movie, you know, like a, I don't know. We're just such, such a good movie, you know, watching someone. Yeah. that That's that another day. suggestion. If you want to. Uh, Hearing Tom Tom Hanks, he's so funny, but he's so good at telling stories about like, um, what Robert Zemeckis talking like. You know, if we had any uh, <laughs> any balls, we would just shoot in two halves. You know, we would shoot you fat and then take off, and then shoot you skinny, and shoot the two halves of the movie. That's how we should do it. <laughs> that's just how they did it. <laughs> nice. And he, he went out, like, you know, Tom Hanks went off to shoot something else for a year and then lost all the weight and then did the second half of the film. That's crazy. Where he's super skinny. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because he starts out as just a kind of a chunky guy, you know, yeah, normal yeah, dude. exactly. Yeah. And then you see, like, the time lapse, and then you see him throw that spear and get that fish. I know, I love and that. He's, and he's standing up on that rock, but he's, like, yeah. super slim. You're like, damn. Yeah, exactly. And he's, like... He's like 10 yards away. He threw the spear and gets the fish. I'm like, that's so unrealistic. <laughs> but you almost but. kind of buy it because the physical transformation. Yeah. It right. almost sells it. If he was a chunky dude on that rock. Yeah. Right. You'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But no. you see such, you see such a change that, yeah. well, shit, maybe he could. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's really been there for, for 80 days. <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Yeah, that's 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 such a cool part. I love that scene because what's the scene right before that? Right before he throws the spear, it's like—is it when he does the the thing with his like, um, 
His tooth. I think it's the tooth. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, where he's got to, like, where he get does the, tooth the out. the blade with the tooth and puts it in and, and screams. Like, yeah, it does the rock to to bust it out of his face. Oh, and it just you, he goes black, and then the next scene is like the spear, and it's you know however long later. Yeah, yeah. and apparently that was uh, Tom Hanks' idea for the whole movie. It was just his idea, kind of, because he he had heard that every night there's a plane. That flies to Australia. Every single night, there's like a FedEx UPS plane that flies to Australia. And he's right. thinking like, well, there's got to be a crew of like six people. And he's his thing. Well, you know, what if one goes down? What happens? Yeah. And that, that's where it all started. That's cool. Nice. I like that. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, I don't know how this turned into a movie podcast, but here we are. <laughs> here we are talking about movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I'll do a recommendation. Not about movies. All right. <laughs> so my recommendation this week is uh, Sugar Shack Forge. Um, the guy who runs Sugar Shack Forge is Ethan Goss or Goss G O S S, and uh, specifically the reason why I'm uh, recommending him is because uh, he just recently, within the last month or so, um, put out a a new racer. He's he's working um, on a racing axe. So he's his kind of idea is like he was when he was in college he was in the timber sports, you know did timber sports stuff and he always had this idea of making his own racing axe. Um, he he like grinds. He does can you race, can you, can you get a scholarship for that? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> timber I mean, sports really. You have yeah. to be, go to like University of Alaska. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I mean, they're definitely because like at you know in college they have the timber sports teams, right? And they're they're okay. like sponsored and stuff, you know, by that college. So. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So he was in the in the timber sports whatever in college, and he always wanted to make his own racing axe. So recently, he's he had another company like worked in another company with the specs and stuff, and they make excuse me making some racing axes for him, and they're just super super sweet looking. Um, he's I think he's been doing some of his own grinding stuff on them when they come to him. So um, it's like you know the company's making basically the the main shape for him, and then he's putting the edge on it. Um, but they're just really, really beautiful. And they're only three and a half pounds, which is small for a racing axe, I would think. I mean, yeah. it's got, like, a really wide edge, like racing axes do. And then the, the grind angle is super thin on them because, you know, they're, the idea is that they bite in really deeply. They're not necessarily meant to be um, really robust, tough edge. You know, it's meant to be a really sharp edge because it has to cut really fast. Um, yeah. So usually you have a heavier axe. I would think they're usually like four or five pounds, um, but this is only three and a half pounds, which is the typical weight of a single bit axe. Um, mm. So super cool. I'm like, I'm really jealous. I, ever since I saw like my the first time I saw a racing axe and just like that super wide bit that's super sharp, I'm like, ooh, that looks so cool as an axe guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you guys are interested in axes at all, especially if you ever watched any of the timber sports stuff and you're watching how people are doing like the racing, chopping through logs and stuff with axes, you should go check out, uh, Ethan's work, sugar shack forge. Uh, so at sugar shack forge, all one word on Instagram, check him out. There's some really beautiful knives too. Um, lots of hand forged stuff, little like cool Puko everyday user type things and outdoor knives. Um, some, um, culinary knives but most of it's like edc and uh outdoor bushcrafting knives really nice stuff sweet yeah um 
Yeah, okay, mine, uh, okay, not, not, not a normal one, again, like, <laughs> like usually, but he, I think I gave, tables. I think I, yeah, I <laughs> bamboo tabletop from Ikea. $75. Um, it's, it's a, uh, I guess you could call it a life hack, but it's something I heard a lot, I don't think we've discussed it on this podcast, but something I heard about when... It's like NPR or something. There was some story on the radio. And a guy had heard from someone else that if you want a discount on something, you can ask for a good guy discount. Did I talk about this? I don't think so, but I feel like I've heard this before. I don't think we've talked about it. I don't know. So... His idea was every store he went into, every purchase for a month, he would come in and buy whatever, or he'd bring it up, or if it was online, he would go to checkout and get some. But he would say, hey, can I get a good guy discount? And people would kind of go, what? It throws them off, but just enough where they go, what do you mean? And and I think all he would elaborate is like, yeah, you know, I'm a good guy. I do good things, right? I'm nice. I'm nice to you. You have any... Can I get a good guy discount? And <laughs> he said that after a month, about 20% of the time, it worked. <laughs> people, would, people would give him a discount just because he asked for it. I think that's probably the main thing. If people right. outright ask you. And most places do have some type of discount they can give, whether it's an employee discount or some type of code or some coupon that they have, right? Like in retail right. or at any place. There's always something that can be given. And usually, I think, my theory is because they give this stuff away usually when people complain. Right, yeah. Right, like whatever, just shut them up, say, hey, we're sorry, we want to give you this, use this. Right. You so when you hear the opposite and, and you throw someone for a little bit of a loop and you're really nice to them, half half the people don't care. Like, yeah, sure. Sure, you know, <laughs> okay, I'll give you, and they give you whatever 10% off. So... I've done that for about 10 years. Not like I don't go into stores and ask for it. But if I'm online and I'm talking to some type of customer <laughs> service pe- person, I do it. Or if I'm on the phone, I ask for it. Right. And I'll say it's probably worked for me 50% of the time, not 20. Huh. Nice. I just recently, um, we talked about this, I bought a, a, tr- a, a lawn lawnmower, a tractor, a riding mower. Yep. And... and I was talking to customer service at Home Depot, and then one lady wasn't very helpful at all. So sometimes you have to ask multiple people, but she just wasn't (laughs) helping at all. I was asking about assembly and stuff. Like, hey, if I get it delivered here, I get assembly. What if I give it, it, get it delivered to the store? Will they assemble it, or will it just be in a crate that I have to load in my truck somehow? You know? Right. She had no clue, and then (laughs) so she wasn't helpful. So I kept asking her questions. She didn't know. So I. Stopped with her, and then I got someone else on. And then this person was really helpful. And, you know, she was being great. So at the end, I was like, well, do you have any? Do you have a good guy discount? And then all she responded was, are you buying it in-store or online? I said, <laughs> I said online. She said, uh, yeah, we can do a one-time courtesy $50 discount. Nice. <laughs> 50 bucks just because I asked for it. For a good guy discount. <laughs> He's a good guy discount. Because <laughs> yeah. I think, like I said, my theory is before, a lot of times they have those because 
it's people who curse and yell and are like right. constantly yeah, we, hounding we can, them over yeah. it. and they they just want to get them off the line like hey right. i'm sorry for your your inconvenience you know we'll do this one time courtesy it's like amazon same type of thing they'll, right. they'll give you a lot of free stuff yeah <laughs> but if you just ask for it and you've been kind to them the whole time then they might give it to you so uh 50 bucks off the tractor <laughs> just because i asked so and you actually said char- like good guy discount i said i said is um i said do you give uh, what was my exact words yeah I, it was it was something to the degree of uh would i be able to get a good di- good guy discount that's all i said <laughs> you and use those words because it throws them right you know can i get a good a good guy discount and if they go on and ask you say well i'm a good guy you know I'm nice. I do nice things. You know, can I get a discount? And then either they'll say no or they'll go, most of them go, um, yeah, sure. Here's 5% off. 10% yeah. off. <laughs> that's funny. I know. Like I'd feel weird about asking that. Like, but I guess that's the key point is that it's, it's not typical. Right. Cause I, I would be like, do you guys have like a courtesy discount? Like that, that seems at least like something that's on their end rather than on your end. <laughs> so you don't have to be like, you know, cause I'm a good guy. It would be like, you know, just as a courtesy <laughs> to the customer. Like I'd feel, it feels weird to be like talking about yourself, you know? But, right. Right. Like I said, I think maybe that is the key to it. It's the, like, it does throw them. They're like, huh? You it, know, it, it throws like, them a little bit. They, it's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. And it kind of <laughs> breaks them from their, like their, you know, their, right. their shell, their wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Sure. Why not? Okay. Right, yeah, exactly. Because if it's just like and it's, you know, a courtesy it's, discount, they're like, no, and it, we don't. It's, you know, it, like, it's super easy to do it online. That's where right. I do it most. You don't have to. You don't have to like get up the cojones to say it to someone in person. Right. Yeah. But definitely, <laughs> if you're if you're working with Amazon or a big company and they have that little like, hey, chat with the live agent now. Do it every time. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. Hey, like you said, so you know, it's like you're saving money every time if you've been doing it for. 10 years and it's works for you half of the time, you know, how much money you probably yeah. saved over the years. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Why not? <laughs> Why not? There you go. little uh, life hack from Devin. <laughs> <laughs> Recommendation, the good guy discount. Good guy discount. I like it. Cool. All right. Well, we are uh, happy to be back this week. Sorry we missed out last week. Just, uh, you know, busy life. Couldn't get around to do it in time. So we figured, you know, why, why, why try to force it when, you know, whatever. So, but we're back. It's funny. I was, um, I was doing a live stream and, um, uh, Jordan from JD knives was in there and he was like, and he said, he, we were, he was kind of chatted and he was like, hey, what's going on? He was like, uh, are you, are you quitting? And I was like, I was like, nah, man, we're not quitting. Like, cause he, he had mentioned on the, um, the Instagram post that like, you know, he'd have to find something else to listen to for the week or whatever. Cause we missed the podcast and, um. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm not quitting. And he goes, and, he, and you know, I kind of said it a little bit. I was like, no, we're just, you know, we just missed the one, whatever. And, you know, we've been out of not doing a ton of stuff. We're both really busy. And then he like, he like put another, like, uh, in all caps, he was like quilting, you know, cause it was like, cause he had actually asked am I quilting? Cause it was, I was doing a live stream while I was doing that, uh, canoe scene, uh, you know, and I was like, oh. I was like weaving it and I was like, Oh, quilting. No, <laughs> not quilting. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's good to know that there are people out there that want to hear us. We're not fun. quitting or quilting. No, we're not. We're just living our life exactly at what's coming through the, uh, what's it called? 
Uh, small the, part of the hourglass. The small part of the hourglass. Yeah, right. Living to the best of what we can do at this moment. So, but we <laughs> really right. appreciate everybody listening and sticking in there with us. Um, we will be getting the Maker Camp video out soon, and then we'll have the uh, Revolution Grinder video out as well. And we got some fun ideas for some videos coming up. We got one that's halfway done, so we'll get that in in the works for y'all, and then uh, a bunch of other things that are coming down the wayside. So. Make sure you're checking us out over on YouTube, uh, on our, our name, The Art of Craftsmanship. Go over there if you're not subscribed, and if you're not watching our videos, go check them out and let us know what you think about them. Leave us a comment. It really makes a big difference. And uh, you can also uh, leave us a, um, a review on any of the podcasting platforms. I think specifically Apple Podcasts really does it. Like You can put like stars and reviews on what you think. Even if it's like a negative review, you can give us a review. Let us know what you thought about the podcast. And, uh, and also, um, any, if anyone wants to hear anything or has any questions for us or anything like that, you guys can always reach out to us on Instagram, um, the art of craftsmanship and also at the art of camera guy. So you guys can send your questions there. If you have any questions for us for the podcast, we'd be happy to shout you out and, and answer some questions. So other than that, if you want to support us any other way, you can always go over to patreon.com slash the art of craftsmanship and support us there. And for all of our patrons, we really, really appreciate it. So. Other than that, that's it. Uh, Thank you guys all so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time.